It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for August 24th. I'm still running on a bit of adrenaline. We finally got some football last night, albeit of the scrimmage and jamboree variety, but still super fun to have a Friday night that felt like what a fall Friday night was supposed to be. And we're really super excited to greet the season coming up this week. It's upon us finally. This is a big week on all fronts on the fall sports calendar because everything gets going for real on Monday night. And does it get going with a huge start? Quincy Notre Dame versus Pew. Peoria Notre Dame soccer in Peoria on Monday night, a matchup that sees the Raiders, your defending state champions, take on a team that went to the super sectional last year that returns five division one players and two potential all Americans, man, like I said, we're getting into it. There's no like warm up for this. It's right into the deep end of the pool. And we're also right into the deep end of the pool with football next week. As I mentioned, everything starts for real. We're going to kind of preview everything for you here this morning with our autumn wind is a Raider edition of the Saturday morning ticket. We're going to talk to two Raider coaches, Quincy Notre Dame's Jack Cornell, whose football team went through their paces. The blue and gold last night looked really sharp. It's been a really good preseason for Jack Cornell and his charges, so super excited to talk about that. And then we'll talk some eight-man football with what might be the best state contending level team in our area in North Shelby. Yeah, five years ago, this was a team mired in the longest losing streak in the state. You move to eight-man football, and Seth Bass and his North Shelby Raiders are on the cusp. I, I'm now a voter in the uh, Missouri eight-man poll, and I've got them in the top ten coming in this season, and I think a lot of people do. So we'll talk about the North Shelby Raiders, their rise, their season ahead, lots of fun football on the way. Now, last night was likely the last slow Friday of scores we've had, but we do have two I want to pass along for you before we get started. And and then I want to set up the day for you today because it is sort of a really nice Saturday to kind of ease us into the fall fun. Uh, last night in golf on the girls' side, it was Quincy High School continuing what we think is going to be a phenomenal season for this girls' group. Really strong parry, pairing, I should say, for Lindsey Burry coming in. Quincy High School wins a quad against Macomb, Q&D, and Rock Island last night. Quincy High School had 159. Uh, the Macomb girls pulled together for a 167, Q&D 196, and Rock Island in fourth at 205. Emma Thorman from Macomb was your medalist with a 35. That's no surprise. She is your defending state runner-up from last season and a Division I recruit. Your low blue double last night, Lacey Novasel, who fired a 36. Your low raider was Hannah Knuffman with a 45. We also had some boys golf, and that's an important subplot and storyline for today as well because we've got two huge golf tournaments going on to kick off the season today. But in advance of the Gary Saunders uh, Invitational in Macomb, the Macomb Bombers, who are a really strong squad in their own right, beat Pleasant Plains last night, 159-202. to Jock, Jack Lockard was the medalist there. Again, Macomb in action in its own tournament today at the uh, Macomb Country Club, getting started at 8.45 in the Gary Saunders Invitational. Closer to us, back home here in Quincy at 8.30, the Quincy High School Invitational, the former Don Sloan, gets underway with Quincy High School, Quincy Notre Dame, and a host of other local teams. 
Quincy Notre Dame is very much legit on the golf scene. I got a chance to see them at the uh, Peoria Notre Dame invite this week, earlier this week, and uh, that's a loaded stack squad, obviously led by Alex McCullough. David Hudson's back as well in that squad, so a lot of really good golfers. Jack Leffler's back. I mean, they're really stacked one through four on this Quincy Notre Dame golf team. So we'll have highlights from both of those big events coming up tonight on the Overtime Show. Also need to make mention of the fact that We've got some other things going on today, sort of the soft opening of the fall sports season. John Wood, men's and women's soccer, was supposed to play their home openers today. Unfortunately, due to field conditions, those games will be moved to Burlington uh, at the Recplex there. But the John Wood women will open up with SEC at 2 o'clock. The John Wood men will take on SEC, which is a really good, strong pairing. And John Wood opened its season, I believe, on Thursday with a 4-3 to victory over St. Charles. They're pretty darn good. They've got 13 freshmen in the mix from an all manner of international countries and with a strong local connection as well. But it's a pairing that, that we think that Bob Kalman's going to put together pretty nicely by the time all is said and done. So today is a kind of a pivotal match in sort of getting things started on the right foot for them. Uh, the Quincy University men's soccer squad plays its final exhibition today very close to home up in Macomb against Western Illinois University. Got a chance to spend some time with Mike Carpenter's crew yesterday and that strong local contingent working on a story for a little later in the week. Tell you what, they uh, look like a squad that has a lot of really nice pieces. Uh, Mike Carpenter has found a keeper out of Greece who looks like he's going to be a ton, sort of a late find and, and something that, uh, you know, he may see action very early in his career because he certainly looked like a monster yesterday. And, of course, you've got all the returning Reese pieces, and you've got uh, lots of fine players from Quincy Notre Dame and Quincy High School. Ben Marrow's back as well to, to hold up the strong back end of that defense. So, you know, they were picked ninth, and they weren't real happy about that in the conference preseason, but that's certainly a developing storyline. Uh, we've also got Culver Stockton's men's soccer team starting its season today down at Lindenwood Belleville. Uh, Blake Ordell's team had a really strong showing against Quincy University in its initial uh, scrimmage, I guess, for lack of a better word, exhibition game is uh, what we should probably more accurately call it, losing just 2-1 to one to a Division II team. So obviously, Blake Ordell's got some things going nicely on the hill, so we'll keep an eye on how things go at 6 o'clock down there. Also, Jamboree Day today at Knox County. Lots of football and softball taking place there, so we've got a loaded docket for you tonight on Overtime. All of your highlights coming there, and we're super excited to be able to finally have some really good fall sports to get us back into the mood for what will be a wonderful three-month run ahead. And speaking of that, we've got football next Friday night. We're going to break down the big showdown with Lexington with Jack Cornell coming up right after this commercial message. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. And welcome back to the Morning Ticket, everybody. Always fun to talk a little football with Jack Cornell, who joins us now via the phone lines. And Jack, I had a chance to talk to a member of your coaching staff preseason. And one of the things that he said uh, about this year and this program is that everybody felt a little bit more comfortable working with each other on the staff and a little more comfortable in knowing exactly what you wanted. And I think that feeds into the narrative that you've had a pretty good preseason and things are starting to come together pretty nicely for you why are you a better staff this year, Jack? It makes a lot of things a lot easier when it comes to putting a game plan together and putting the, so, you know, some ideas down on paper to uh, try to make a better football team. 
Well, you know this uh, probably better than anybody now. The head coach, and you've been on a lot of staffs in your time as a coach, the head coaching gig is a different animal. What's the biggest thing I guess you learned going through the experience last year? Yeah, you know, it's not really about coaching as a coach. It's more about being a manager and trying to organize, you know, every aspect of your football team. And, uh, you know, you coach kind of when you can, but um, really it's it's about coordinating everything off the field and, uh, you know, getting all the pieces together so that your coaches can do everything you need them to do on the field. Blue and gold scrimmage last night, and I know that's more for the fans than it is for the football team or for for you guys as a coaching staff, but it is a good show, and you had a good show last night, and it continues to feed this positive vibe you've had coming off last year into a new season. The kids have done a fantastic job turning the page, haven't they? They really have. You know, they they really took to the weight room this offseason, and I think that was, you know, the biggest thing that uh, we needed to do. Um, Immediately after the QHS game last year, we had 25 guys in the weight room on Monday. Uh, and they, they've been attacking that weight room ever since then. And, you know, it's been a long off season, but uh, our kids are hungry. I think they kind of see what we were building last year, what potential we have, uh, and they're doing everything they can to, to move forward. You, you touched on that cosmetically. You look different because you have bigger kids, but you also have more kids, and that was a hand-behind-the-back thing that you had to fight all of last year. Just to have your numbers back up to more Quincy Notre Dame standard, that has to be a huge help. It is huge, and you know I, I credit a lot to the school. You know, bringing in an enormous freshman class, you know, the biggest freshman class that we brought in, in a long, long time, and we've got a lot of kids who are excited about playing football. Uh, that that is a tremendous help, you know, certainly because now we have some depth. Now we have the ability to have two teams in our blue gold scrimmage, uh, and guys are having actual competition, you know, position battles, which is not something that we had last year. So uh, it's exciting for sure. We're we're really excited to get the season going. Well, you get the season started at home on Friday night against Lexington, a team you went on the road and played. And for people who don't understand, Lexington runs this really old-school offensive system that I don't think we've seen in this area since Bob Long was coaching at Meridosia with uh, you know multiple guys who can take the snap in the backfield on any given play. I, I know that's a challenge, but you've had a year to kind of put things together. Uh, Lexington has undergone a coaching change since we last saw you play them. Can you break down a little bit how you attack them and what they kind of look like? Are you expecting? kind of some of the same things because I know that coaching staff was a promotion from within right yeah we are expecting a lot of similar things uh, especially on the defensive side of the football for them uh, you know like you said their offense is very unique you know it's a wing T kind of um, dual quarterback system that they've got but you know it's uh, we'll watch the film and see what they did last night in their jamboree but you know our boys are excited about it I think they've been thinking about this game for a long time and uh, they're ready to get it going I want to talk to you a little bit about some specifics on your football team. And first of all, I want to start with, with something I think is a strength that hasn't got talked about enough for you, and that's that defensive front. Your, your linebackers and your defensive line is a different animal than it was last year, and that allows you to attack in a very different way. Yeah, you're right. You know, our defensive line, uh, obviously we lost a big big boy up front in uh, Johnny Bator, but we bring back you know a lot of great experience up there. Uh, guys in the middle like Sam He and Louis Pauliera and outside – you know, Jack Marth continues to have a, a tremendous career so far, a tremendous camp, a uh, great work ethic. And Zach Becker's a, a great leader for us. You know, he's going to be a senior on that defense. It's really going to, you know, make some plays. And the linebacker position, you know, we've got probably more depth at linebacker than we got in another spot. And, uh, you know, Lake Bergman coming back in there, he, he's been a tremendous athlete. He's had a lot of growth in the weight room. You know, guys like Ryan Kafan, who are big, strong kids that, you know, love to come downhill. But we also got some young guys back there. You know, we got, Elliot Moss and Nolan Overt, uh, Harry Oden are all battling for playing time. And, 
you know, that kind of competition is, is going to breed success. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Well, the much more easy or obvious narrative with you is obviously the development of Ike Wiley at quarterback and the playmakers he puts into play. And we saw it again last night with a fantastic touchdown strike to Grant Hire. you got some guys who can go out and get the ball. And the thing I like about Ike is just it seems like his composure is a different level this year. You know, I think everybody's more mature than last year, and Ike especially. You know, he uh, spent a lot of time this offseason getting better at being a quarterback, and that's really going to help our offense out tremendously. You know, and like you said, we've got dynamic players on the outside that we can get the ball to. Grant Hire is just one example of that. You know, Johnny Amos, same thing. And uh, obviously, Chris, you know, it all starts up front, and the big boys up there are getting it done, holding up the protection, slowing down the rush for the defense, and so the quarterback is in the play clean and delivering accurate ball down the field. You you do take a lot of pride in what you do with offensive linemen because that is your trade in this. And, and you've done a really good job, I think, in your part, playing CEO and you know supervising offensive linemen, but not necessarily overstepping that. And, and that's got to be hard for you because I know suppressing that impulse has to be maybe the hardest thing you do on a football field every, every, <laughs> every practice. Well, normally when the offensive line are down in their individual, I try to be on the other end of the field watching some skill guys so I don't, I don't get in their way, you know, but uh, you're right. You know, I, I'm fortunate to have great young kids that are in that position. We've got a great offensive line coach in Brent Fisher. You know, he does a tremendous job. He always has done a tremendous job. He's a coach here. I'm not know that are good hands. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, too, uh, it's, it is hard to suppress, and sometimes i got to let that beast out a little bit, you know. But uh, it's uh, it's great knowing that we've got that culture around that group, and uh, it continues to uh, to go on and on ever since then. I want you to bird dog the schedule for me a little bit, Jack, because I I, I know and I I've seen it in person. I know Macomb's a much better football team than they were last year. I saw West Hancock this week, and I know they lost an absolute ton to graduation. But you know Travis Cook and Jim Unruh are going to do a good job, and they do have some athletes. And you've got a very front loaded schedule in terms of home games and the ability to to kind of get the ball rolling in the right direction. So I guess the biggest question I'd ask you going in is how important for you specifically this year coming off last year. Is that start? Well, it's a bit, you know, and you know, it's it's really good that our guys are, are very focused on one game at a time. You know, that's what they're trying to focus on this whole off season, uh, and having a team back in week one that we paid last year that we felt like got away from us is, uh, is a good start. But uh, I mean, we just got to take it one week at a time, and at the end of it, we'll stack the days up and be able to look back on it after it's over. I got one last one for you, Jack, and you've touched on it because you've made a very strident point this off season to talk about. You know, steel sharpens steel, metal sharpens metal with your kids. Um, from a standpoint of character and from a standpoint of cohesion, uh, you really have to like not just not just what they play or how they play positions, but how they piece together as a group. And and I think more optimism wells from that than anything else, doesn't it? I think so. You know, these I've been in these positions now for a year uh, in our system, and I think they know what we expect of them, uh, and they know what you know expect from us. And I think that when you have that kind of experience going back, again, I'm just excited to see how it translates to the to the games. You know, our, our boys have been working incredibly hard this whole off season, and this off season has felt like it's been ten years long. You know, but uh, I think we lost Jack Cornell, but we do thank him for his time. Always a pleasure to talk some football with a Quincy Notre Dame head football coach. And when we come back, we're going to get back on the Raider vibe, at least on the other side of the river, and break it down with North Shelby, Seth Bass.
This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. And welcome back to the Morning Ticket, everybody. We're now joined by North Shelby head football coach Seth Bass, whose team is a rising eight-man power. The last couple of years have been a fun evolution for you, Seth. Just how excited are the kids? Give me some sense of just the the joy, the risen joy in your program of knowing that you come in and are not just trying to find one win, but you're actually competing to go as deep as you possibly can in the playoffs. That that has to change the whole equation. It does. You know, the, the kids have responded really well to it. Uh, they've been very excited for this year uh, since we finished last season. So uh, the, the mentality has been, been great on that. And you could really see it last night when we did our inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, they were chomping at the bit. They were getting after each other a little bit. And uh, our inter-squad scrimmage actually ended up at the tie. Uh, and you could tell just how frustrated they were by that and how ready they are to, to hit another color. So uh, the excitement's palpable with them. And um fired up to see what they're going to do next Friday. There was a time when this program didn't have enough players to field an inter-squad scrimmage and that you couldn't do that, and now you're doing that at the eight-man level. Put it into perspective for people just how how that's changed the entire dynamic at North Shelby, that the eight-man game really is football, and it really is a football program that has helped make kids better. Yeah, it's helped us tremendously. Um, you know, it's allowed us to bring along younger players at a, a slower rate. Uh, it's been, we've been able to develop them like we should. Um, they've been able to play some JV games. They, we haven't had to throw them in the deep end, uh, like had to happen previously. So, um, from a competition standpoint, you know, eight man's very, very tough, especially in the, the to try and crack into the top 10 and to the uh, elite teams in the, the state. And it, it hasn't been a lesser competition type thing. It's just been, it's helped us from a mathematical standpoint, just, again, being able to bring along those young guys slowly, uh, giving us a few more subs, of course, when we initially started, when we were still a little bit thin that second year. So um, from all those aspects, it's been huge for us, and um, I really don't understand why more teams haven't looked at doing that around here. That's a step that you're going to make, too, this year, is is to compete at that elite level, or at least that's the intention. And you've got, really, a roster that doesn't have a natural set of weakness. And we touched on it with you in the preseason. Obviously, having really good linemen, and a number of them, helps that. But you've cultivated, and it, it's not just the big-name guys like Mason or Dayton. It's, you've cultivated really good depth across the board in your skills as well. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're deep across the board, and we've got a, a lot of guys that – you know, you're not going to hear their names called, unfortunately, except for if it's mop-up time. And that's unfortunate to them, but it's also a testament to how far we've come uh, from a player development standpoint and from a depth standpoint. You know, uh, like you said, Mason and, and Dayton got the headlines last year. This year you're going to hear Dayton and uh, Carson Orr and Elijah Greenwell. You're going to hear their names a, a lot. But, you know, Ethan Geisendorfer has been great for us. Uh, Kyle Smith, probably not going to see a ton of carries at running back, but is a, a very talented player offensively as well. Justin Lunsford uh, does a great job on the offensive side of the ball. Roddy Van Skyke has really developed and made himself into a, a great wide receiver. And, you know, I could go down through the roster and just tell you, you know, how many guys we've got, but we'd be here all all morning. So, I mean, it's it's very pleasing to watch. Uh, and it's, a, again, a testament to their work ethic, uh, the off-season work ethic they put in, in the weight room and, and being around each other and, and working hard with the uh, weightlifting and conditioning and that type of stuff. And, that's gotten us to this point more than anything. 
Well, and to put that into perspective, Seth, and to, to kind of amplify what you've said, I mean, we've, we, th- this is, you know, this is not just in the Santa eight man football. These are good football players at any level because Dayton Metis, who's playing quarterback and who cuts a fantastic figure as a, you know, as a defensive back type for you, uh, is getting, you know, legitimate college interest from 11 man teams at the, at, at bigger levels. So that, I think that speaks to the job you guys have done, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I would think so. And that's one thing that's always bothered me when I, I hear, teams or we talk to other schools that maybe their school board won't let them go eight man and that's one of the first things that gets thrown out is that the kids won't have a opportunity to play in college and that's just not true you know the my first year here all five seniors uh would have had a chance to, to play college ball if they wanted to tate of course went to quincy and uh lane went up to truman for a, a year and you know this year dayton's of course getting looks elijah greenwell's uh, garnering some interest. Uh, Jackson Lunsford's already getting interest as a, a junior. Carson Orr's already getting interest as a, a sophomore. And Gus Williams is going to be uh, drawing some more interest this year as well. And, you know, there's a couple other guys that I think are going to emerge. And, um, you know, it's, uh, again, eight-man football still football. And, you know, you look at Dayton, 6'3", 180, and a 4'6", that's going to play at any level of football. And, um, I, I hate hearing that it's just eight man and it's not real football and any kind of stuff like that. And it's, it's if they looked at our team and if they looked at our athletes, then uh, I think they would realize just how strong eight man is and, and how far we've come. So Misha comes out yesterday and redistricts, and I don't want to say you caught a break because your district is still pretty darn good, but you did catch at least a, a little bit of a break. And in Pattonsburg, who is likely going to be the number one or number two team in the state coming in, isn't in your district, which gives you a chance to kind of at least do some work in the postseason and, and get on a good run. And obviously that's, you know, you, you got to get there first and you've got to play them all, but just to have a window, and it feels like your window is better after yesterday how much does that fuel some of the enthusiasm for the kids for them to look and say hey we we might be the district favorite they're excited about that you know um pattensburg's a a great football team and and we know we're gonna have to play them at some point and we know they're the best team in the the state this year but we also know that we're the team that's probably the most likely to, to knock them off we've seen them so much we match up with them very well with what we do defensively and um, we've got kind of a chip on our shoulder because we played so poorly against them the, the last two years. So uh, we see them week eight. We're going to have a, a good gauge of how they're going to be. So we'll have a, another test and another idea of what they're going to do. And, you know, we still have to see them to, to get to the state championship game because we would see them in the semifinals if we can't get out of districts. But, you know, they also have the perspective of even though the biggest obstacle might be out of the way to the semifinals, we still have plenty of other obstacles in the way. Um, Southwest Livingston still a, a great football team, probably a, a uh, top five or top seven team in the, the state. Uh, Stewartsville is going to be much, much better with their new hire that they made. Uh, Norborn Harden Central, of course, is a, always a, a thorn in our side. And, you know, Oric went to the semifinals last year out of the, the Southwest District, and uh, we had a good battle with them for the conference championship game last year. So uh, we know we still got our work cut out for us, but uh, it's one of those things that anytime you can push the, the best team in the state back a, a week or two, that's always going to be a benefit for you. We only have a minute left, but I do want to ask you about travel because that is a unique situation. There aren't enough eight-man teams to to make it easy on you. But you are playing, uh, what, you're playing Waco, Iowa this year. Is it getting Mm -hmm. easier to find teams to play, Seth? Uh, No. Um, You know, I've got a pretty good pulse, and I stay in touch with a a lot of people, and it allows me to to find games pretty well. But, you know, we're losing our conference after this year. Unfortunately, they're all shifting southwest with the new teams that came in, and, 
Um, it's looking like next year that we're probably going to basically become associate members with the Illinois group and uh, pick up three to five games uh, on that side of the other river. So, um, you know, from a travel standpoint, we can find games, but it would be wonderful if we could find some local teams to play around here because I know there's eight to 12 teams within a probably two-hour radius of us that would definitely benefit from eight-man football. So uh, I'm hoping they'll start to listen. I hope they'll see what eight-man has been able to, to do for our football program, and I, I hope that they will take that plunge uh, with us in these next two years. Well, fingers crossed that you're able to do that. Fantastic job with what you've done, and go make a deep run for us because uh, it's certainly fun to see North Shelby reinvigorated again. Seth, congratulations on all your hard work. Thank you very much. And that's it for this week's Saturday Morning Ticket. We'll be live for, for you next week at Sleep Tight, so come join us at 8 o'clock. Donuts, frivolity, fun, and interviews. We'll see you then, everybody. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.